Welcome to Real Life at the Ridge, the preaching ministry of Chestnut Ridge Church. looking group this morning. Uh, if you are uh, tuning with, with us online, uh, just uh, invite you also uh, to just, wel- just welcome you with us this morning. Excited about what God has in store for us. Uh, all, he's already, I believe, blessed us. I received such a blessing from the, uh, from the worship and just excited about uh, as we move through the scriptures, how God, uh, I believe, is so speaking to us in a day and time if we'll just, uh, if we'll pay attention. I'm going to invite you, if you would, to turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 3. In Ephesians chapter 3, I'm going to read the first six verses. We'll, I'll mention a few other verses uh, here in just a moment, but uh, primarily we're going to look at verse 1. And our topic this morning is locked up for love. Locked up for love. Let me read, uh, read those verses with you this morning. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. Paul says, For this reason I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for you Gentiles, if indeed you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God which was given to me for you, how that by revelation he made known to me the mystery, as I have briefly written already, by which when you read you may when you read you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men as it has been revealed by the spirit to his holy apostles and prophets and verse 6 says that the gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ through the gospel father if you'd be so pleased this morning to just Allow us to hear your word speak to us. God, turn our hearts uh, to the mission that we have in our own personal lives while we learn about the mission that you gave the Apostle Paul. And we ask you to do it for your glory in Christ's name. Amen. (laughs) I, I don't know a lot about being locked up but I cannot stand before you today and say that I have never been locked up. Um, (laughs) That would be so nice. As a matter of fact, my dad's best friend was the magistrate, one of the magistrates in my home county, and uh, they so chose that it was probably the best thing for me to stay uh, a night, not get bonded out. Let's just put it that way. He said, at least we know where he's at. So uh, I've had some experience 
behind the doors before. Did you know that I was just looking up some statistics and uh, some things, and that there in in 2016 there were there were 67,000 people incarcerated, 128,000 people on average every year are arrested. I'm uh, just thinking that's just in North Carolina now. That's not nationally. That's just North Carolina. And I, I, I thought about the Jerry Springer show. I don't know why. When I thought about it, it's like, you know, I was thinking about this message, and I said, you know, locked up for love. I wonder how many of those people were, were you know, it was a domestic dispute. Uh, somehow or another that they had been in some relationship, and they, but they found themselves to be uh, in need of uh, either uh, bickering and quarreling or, uh, somehow or another, there was a relationship there involved, and uh, love might have been the blame for what was going on there. No, no fault to any intoxicating substances or none of that stuff. It was just all purely for love. In 2016 also, the U.S. made 10.7 million arrests for traffic violations. And in the U.S., 2.3 million in 2016 were, were in prison or in jail. That's behind bars. That's hard to believe, isn't it? I just bring all that up to say, why? You know, I mean, I, I don't know anybody's stories out here right now, nor online. And I don't know if you've ever been in a situation to where you have been detained by the uh, public uh, safety folks. But... Uh, but you got to ask yourself the question. As a matter of fact, I, I, the last time I was stopped for speeding, that question went through my mind. Why? I mean, I know good and well, right? That the posted on the sign is what the speed limit is. And when you stop, it's, when you get stopped and all, you, you, your, man, your mind goes through. Why? I know better than this, right? Listen to the Apostle Paul in verse 1. He says, for this reason... I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus for you Gentiles. He gives the why. He says, for this reason. Now, in the chapter preceding this, and he even says in some of the verses uh, after this that I shared with you just a little bit. But in the chapters preceding this, it was because that the grace of God had arrested the heart of the Apostle Paul, and he had given him a ministry to go to the Gentiles and to preach the gospel uh, that, that they could be saved and brought in, grafted in to the true vine of Israel by the blood of Jesus Christ, that they could be brought near who were afar. And so this, this mystery, these bringing these two together, he says for this reason, and it's, if we look in verse 2, he says, If indeed you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God. Now that word dispensation can be also translated as stewardship. And when you study out what he's talking about there about stewardship, stewardship is being responsible for the management of a household or more specifically managing some property for someone else. And I think that's important to carry with you this morning. That Paul says, I have been given a stewardship for this reason. The reason is that he has been given responsibility to look over something for Christ Jesus. Stewards could be responsible for such things as buying, selling, bookkeeping, 
uh, planting, harvesting, putting stuff up. It could be anything it takes to take care of that particular thing that you've been asked to be steward over. And the Apostle Paul even gives us some uh, clues in on some of this. In Ephesians chapter 1, verses 8 and 10, 8 through 10, he says, "...which he made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times..." He might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and on earth. Dispensation, that's stewardship that's been given. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 8 and 9, if we read those, he says, To me, who am less than the least of all the saints, this grace was given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. And you'll always know that it's in Christ. Everything that we talk about is going to be in Christ. And to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God who created all things through Christ Jesus. That fellowship, the stewardship, the reason that you and I are together in the body of Christ is because of the stewardship that Christ gave to the Apostle Paul. Colossians 1.25 says, Of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God which was given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. And 1 Corinthians 4.1 says this, Let a man so consider us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. So the scripture is telling us, uh, the apostle Paul through the scriptures is telling us that the reason that he was in this position he was in was because he had been made a steward of the grace of God. That he had been made a steward of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I heard a story one time of a man who was asked to be a steward of his neighbor's house while they were going on vacation. In other words, he was to look after his neighbor's house. And while the neighbor was gone, a big storm came up. And so he went over to see about his neighbor's house. And he went over, checked everything inside and outside the house. Everything was great. And he turned around and he looked and he noticed that his backyard gate was open, his own gate. And his dog had gotten out. And the next thing you know, the dog come running across with the neighbor's rabbit in its mouth. He ran the dog down and caught the, uh, caught the dog, got the rabbit, took it in the house and got some Dawn dish detergent. He had read online that that's how you clean animals up to keep them safe, right? With Dawn, y'all seen him washing the little ducks on TV, get the oil off of them. He washes him up with Dawn dish detergent and notices that the rabbit's not moving nor breathing. The rabbit's dead. And he, does, he doesn't know what in the world he's going to do because he's been responsible to look after this place. So he takes the rabbit back over to the cage and puts the rabbit back in the cage and lays it there and runs back to his house. The neighbor comes home from vacation and they're chatting in the yard about how things went on his vacation and on. He said, well, is everything okay with your house? He said, man, the house is great. Inside, outside, everything is great about the house. He said, but the weirdest thing has happened. He said, before we went on vacation... Our rabbit died, and we buried him in the backyard. And he's in the cage. And even weirder than that, he's clean and smells like Dawn dish detergent. Do you know, <laughs> the Apostle Paul, I believe in his heart of hearts, had to come to a realization that he was a human being that was responsible for heavenly things. Can you imagine the weight of the responsibility when it comes to that? 
that God would say that I'm going to give you the responsibility to, to be a steward of the manifold grace of God, that you would take the gospel to the Gentiles. I don't think Paul chose this. As a matter of fact, when we read that verse again, he says, For this reason I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for you Gentiles. And, and Paul even goes on, and, and I'll read you verses 13 and 14, because it's almost as if verse 2 through verse 12 is in parentheses. Uh, even parts of verse 13, he says, Therefore I ask that you do not lose heart. This is verse 13, chapter 3. At, the at my tribulation for you, which is your glory. I mean, can you think about the seriousness of what's going on? Paul says, I don't want you to be discouraged as if I'm, you think I'm in chains and I'm, I'm hurting or all this. And this is, you know, you should be discouraged about that. As a matter of fact, it's totally opposite. I think I, I want you to be encouraged about this. And then he actually finishes going on, and we'll look in days to come about this. But verse 14 says, for this reason again, I bow my knees and... Uh, but the Apostle Paul didn't choose this to be a steward like this. He was chosen. The Apostle Paul was on his way persecuting the church on the road to Damascus and the Lord Jesus Christ stepped into his world at that moment. I don't know if you've ever had God step into the middle of your world, stop you in your tracks. You know, I think about all these folks having babies right now. World changes, doesn't it? Can I get a witness? There's some new moms. There's some experienced moms and some in between. But your world changes. We all think that we've got everything figured out when it comes to marriage, but world changes, don't it? And jobs. So even if we know our field of profession, sometimes when we step in, and there's a lot of people that's had their world changed here recently. And they're having their world changed right now. You know, it's almost like it's, it's a time in life when you think you have everything figured out and then somebody shuffles the deck of cards. The Apostle Paul was not looking for God that day in the sense of the true God. He was actually, he thought he was serving God. And then he met him on the Damascus Road. And so God chose the Apostle Paul and appointed him. And listen, don't you understand this? Paul was appointed purely by the grace of God to be this steward. Paul had not done anything spectacular. Paul was appointed by, by God himself. As a matter of fact, I'm so firm in believing that God designed the Apostle Paul for that very moment in life. I believe that God's designed you for the very moment that you live in. Uh, listen to 1 Timothy 1, 12 and 13. This is Paul again talking to young Timothy. He says, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has enabled me because he counted me faithful putting me into the ministry although I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, and an insolent man but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. So then Paul became a minister to that very grace that had saved him. And so I want you to catch something here, that the grace that saved Paul is the same grace that was, he was a steward of to give to the Gentiles. And I think that's something mindful for us in the church life, is that you and I realize that 
There's nothing special about us but Jesus Christ. Everything we do is because of the gospel. It's the gospel that saves us. It's the gospel that sanctifies us. It's the gospel that sends us out on mission. It is the gospel. If we go to a, a, a third world country or if we go to a, you know, a hurricane-ridden town on the coast of the United States of America or anywhere on mission for God, if we just go down as they have done uh, the other day, went over to Bessemer City to, to give out some, uh, some free stuff and to love on people for Jesus' sake, if we do any of that stuff, it's all because of the grace that's been given to us that we would share the grace of God with others. Here's a couple things, and I, I want to just kind of—I want to make sure to, that I've got time to, to to do what I need to do uh, here this morning. So I want you to kind of follow along with me. Think about the Apostle Paul in prison. Now, you and I think that some of the things in our lives are things that imprison us, aren't we? I'll never get out of this drudgery that I'm in. Some of you give up trying to get out of your marriages. Some of you give up trying to raise kids. Some of you maybe you give up on certain things in life. Maybe you give up on trying to have a relationship with Christ. Maybe it's just your own mind. And, and I know that in this, this time that we live in right now, depression is rampant. And people feel that they're trapped, almost like the walls are closing in. And anxieties build. But think about the Apostle Paul. He has been at the height of the game in the Jewish world. I mean, the Apostle Paul is a revered man in Jewish society. Think about that. He's educated. He's got all the credentials that you need to be a prominent Jewish leader of that day. He's going around and he thinks he's serving God. And I mean, he is really nailing it. And then when he finally meets God and God changes his life, He's sitting in a prison cell. And I don't know about you, but that, to me, that, on the onset, that could be extremely discouraging. A lot of us in our lives, we find seasons of our lives, if not sometimes a great portion of our lives, that we just feel in clo in, just closed in. Just like, am I making a difference? Can I make a difference? Paul had been a prisoner for some five years of his life at that point. Two in Caesarea and the rest in Rome. Paul had been many things, had false witnesses testified. Felix in before, before Felix's successor, Festus, he had even stu stood before King Agrippa. This steward of the... I want you to hear... This chosen out steward of the grace of the Gentiles had been run out of town, stoned and ridiculed on multiple occasions. Even though Paul had been arrested on Jewish charges, imprisoned by Roman authorities, Paul didn't see himself as a prisoner of the Jews or of the Romans. You need to hear that this morning. Paul, Paul did not see himself. Paul was not a prisoner of the Romans. Paul was not a prisoner of the Jews. Listen to what Paul says. For this reason I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for you G Gentiles. Do you hear what he said? Locked up in a prison, he said, a prisoner of Christ Jesus. 
he knew that he was a steward of, the, of grace at the very onset of this being brought to the Gentiles. You'll never be in bondage to anyone else as long as you know that you are a steward of Christ Jesus. I'm going to say that one more time. You'll, you'll never be in bondage to anyone or anything else as long as you know that you are a steward of Christ Jesus. My heart's kind of go out to uh, moms because I've got three daughters. Um, and then Christy having raised the three girls and now the grandbabies and I haven't seen a godly woman raise children. Witnessed with my own eyes the prayers and the love and the notes and the, even to this day the text messages and the little things that just, and, and, and not stressing over it. You know, I mean, I, I, I can imagine, I mean, as a dad, I feel sometimes like I, I get overwhelmed, like, you know, this responsibility, in some ways, definitely I ask for it, right? Babies don't come by no reason. Can I get a witness? But as I told you the other week, I, I didn't ask to be born. I didn't choose my parents. I didn't choose where I was born. I didn't choose all those things, and... I step back and I think as a parent, I go, wow. If Paul had a mission in his life, does God have a mission for me? Does God have a mission for you? I mean, maybe the stewardship in my life, and I'm not trying to play uh, off, of the con like off the context of the Scripture. I think it's very pertinent because Paul is trying to get across to the Gentiles he said, it is the grace of God that sent me here to you. It is the grace of God that allows me to be alive today. He said, it is the grace of God that is bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ to you. And it is because of you that I'm locked up in a prison in Rome writing this letter to you. And then he tells you in verse 13, he says, and don't lose heart. It's because of your glory. That's a confusing statement in its start, isn't it? I thought we didn't have any glory. He's talking about the glory of the gospel of Jesus Christ working out in the life of the Gentiles that would come to faith in Christ Jesus. I was, uh, didn't really, this wasn't really in my notes, but God put it on my heart early this morning. And, but, but I even was reflecting in my own life about the fact that I was walking along doing what I was doing in Winsboro, South Carolina. August 1999. And the grace of God showed up. And wasn't long after that, the grace of God drew my life to the ministry. I don't think I had ever been to King's Mountain. I know that's hard to believe. It's a marvelous place. But I don't, if I had, I did not know that I had been here. I hadn't hardly been 
too many times to the mountains. As a matter of fact, to date myself, Christy and I, on our first anniversary, we did a trip. We went to the Biltmore House, we went to Dollywood, and we went to Carowinds on our first anniversary. $25 each stop, if that tells you anything. <laughs> but God sent me on a journey to Fruitland, to Montfort Cove and up near Rutherford McDowell County line and all the way around this curve. God had somebody here at that time preaching the dispensation of the fullness of God. Mitchell Pruitt and before him somebody else. And in God's perfect timing God brought me here. I didn't know anybody here other than Christy. All I'm trying to tell you is not, this is, I'm just telling you that the Apostle Paul's not the only one that has a story about being the steward of the good things of God. I'm not the only one that has a story about being the steward of the good things of God. That if you've got children, without a shadow of a doubt, I can stand before you today and tell you you are a steward of the manifold grace of Almighty God. If you're saved today, then you are a steward to take the grace of God and give it to those kids. If you're a Sunday school teacher, you, you've got a responsibility as a steward of the manifold grace of God to give it to those people in your Sunday school class. This morning, uh, I, I, it, it's not my personal plan to hustle for two days to make this happen. See, like the Apostle Paul, the Apostle Paul was not locked up. And we look at it, it's like he was locked up then, so he was a prisoner of Jesus Christ. Yes, because of the love that God gave him. Now he loves the Gentiles because God so commanded that love in his life. We stand here this morning serving, this morning getting out here and putting the sound system up and doing all this other stuff and setting chairs up. Why? Because of the manifold grace of God and the stewardship that comes along with it. Why? So that you can hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. So that you can hear of the grace of God. And whether it's, whether it's a stewardship to the homeless people, whether it's a stewardship to you know, a nursery call, just to watch nursery with some kids and sing songs about Jesus to them and love on them, it's given to you by the manifold grace of Almighty God. But see, we in our lives so often see our lives being about us. Paul didn't see his life about being about him. Paul saw his life as being a prisoner of Jesus Christ. That whatever Christ wanted him to do, wherever Christ wanted him to go, and you've got to understand, you're taking a Jew and sending him to the Gentiles. That those who the Jews thought were less than the least, like, uh, like dogs, scum of the earth, not true Israel and he goes and he's loving on them sharing with them the gospel of Jesus Christ and he says of himself I'm the least now 
Let me just say this. If there's ever been a time in our lives when the arresting grace of God, the love of God should have us locked up for Him is today. It's today. We're in such desperate need of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ dropping all of our desires and our wishes, our political standpoints and all our ideologies that we have that are outside of Jesus Christ and us loving people for the glory of God and doing whatever we got to do to love them is today. It is today. I mean... Never have I ever been so overwhelmed by us needing to invest in, in our relationship with Christ so that we might invest in others than I am today. I, I don't want to use these words and say that the Lord needs you. But I can tell you, He wants you. He wants you. Christy and I have met with many folks that are ready to give up on a lot of things. And I was reflecting back over that on this message. I was reflecting back going, wow, folks, it was, they wanted to give up on marriage. They wanted to give up on their jobs. They wanted to give up on... Life, they've wanted to give up on their families, their children, children wanting to give up on parents. I mean, just, it's on and on and on. And I'm, I'm just going to tell you something by the grace of God. It has nothing to do with me. I've never really wanted to, I've never wanted to give up on my marriage. I've been frustrated before. And I mean, I, this is nothing that Christy and I don't talk about. And I can, if I can encourage you with anything in any relationship you have, communication is key. There have been times when I've been very frustrated. I've gotten in my vehicle and left the house, rode around. None of y'all has ever done anything like that, right? And I'm sure she's had plenty. I don't, I'm not so sure. I know she's had plenty of times. She's like, well, why don't you just go off with the boys somewhere? Would you just, just leave? Would you just, just, I'm cool. Just leave. You can come back in a little while. Just give me some time. But you must hear this. If there's any glory that gets given as to why we're still together, it goes to Him. Why? Because we are prisoners of the Lord Jesus Christ. And all this junk that the world tells you, well, well bless God, you're wearing that ball and chain now, right? Don't listen to that lie. Don't you listen to any lie that tells you that you're captive by any circumstance that has you at this moment. 
If you're in the will of God, by the grace of God, then you are a prisoner of the Lord Jesus Christ to be a minister of the gospel of grace right where you're at. And don't you ever think that it's a small task. You say, well, I don't have hundreds to speak to, preacher. Let me tell you something. The greatest amount of my ministry happens with one or two people. I can tell you that right now. We, we sacrifice our lives for just one, two at a time. Spend hours with them. Sometimes years with them. Do life together. I mean, we do this right here once a week. But that's not where life is lived out. Monday through Saturday, it's life. And, and, and if you see yourself as you're, you're captive by whatever, and, and I'm just going to throw this in there. I live in the United States of America, but I am not a citizen of the United States of America. I'm a citizen of the kingdom of glory. I'm here for a little while, yes. But I'm telling you right now, there is no king that has me captive. There's no president, no governor, nobody has me captive. I am captive by Jesus Christ himself. So no matter where it may be, no matter what I may be going through, and the same should be for you, that you see yourself as a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that, that if God's big enough to save you, God's big enough to sanctify you and set you apart for the ministry that you have right where you're at. I know plenty of people. I know folks that hang off the back of trash trucks. I know folks that sit in the seats over top of companies that make a little bit of money. But at the end of the day, don't you ever think, don't you ever think that somebody else is the one that's lording over your life if you're a child of God. You need to think about Paul and where he's at. That the people around you, I can tell you right now, they got sick of me at Michelin. And I know the call of God was on my life to, for ministry and I needed to go, but I can tell you right now, every moment I had, I was interacting in somebody's life. Why? Because that's why you're here. You and I have been grafted in by the amazing grace of God. So every moment we have, we ought to be drawing people closer to Christ Jesus. They ought to be seeing Christ in your life because of what God's done for you. And I can tell you right now, that's, that's why God is doing what He's doing at Chestnut Ridge. It's because of sacrificial giving. Not just money. Sacrificial giving of people's lives for other people. That's what it's all about, folks. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. And let me tell you something, it's a full-time job to love your neighbor. Matter of fact, it's a double full-time job to love your neighbor as yourself. You and I have been given a great responsibility. As long as you, like Paul, once again are locked up because of love, on behalf of love, then you'll, you'll live a life. And that's what God wants. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. So you wonder how some of these people have such joy. It's because they know who they are and why they are where they are. 
Do you know the answer to that question yourself? Do you know why you are doing what you're doing? If you don't, guess what? You need to get with the Lord. You need to let God start leading you. As a matter of fact, I want to do an exercise with you just for a moment. How about everybody out there take a deep breath? And then just let it out. And I just want to tell you, it's going to be all right. And the reason I know it's going to be all right is because it doesn't matter what comes down the pike. It don't matter. Not if you're where you're supposed to be doing what you're supposed to be doing for him. Take a deep breath, my brothers and sisters. We're going to carry on. And let me tell you something. Until he comes back, or until we get snatched out of here, we're going to see God do some amazing things. I'm telling you right now, I believe it. I know plenty of folks that need Jesus. And this casino, bring them on. It'd be like shooting fish in a barrel, right? Bring them on. I mean, I ain't, I, I ain't getting into that whole political debate there, but I'm telling you right now, they're coming. Folks are moving here at an unprecedented record at this moment. And a lot of folks don't like it, but one thing about it, God ordained this day. And you and I have no idea what God wants to do with us. I'm going to take, and I think this is what we're going to do. Miss Laura, if you'd come up here. I'm going to uh, just ask you to stand with me for a moment. And we're going we're gonna to pray. But I, I, I want to challenge you to take that thought home. The Apostle Paul knew why. Do you know why? Do you know why you are where you are doing what you're doing? And do you know what your responsibility is? You can never know that unless you know that you're saved. So if today you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, whether online or whether here with us in person, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I encourage you right now, would you please consider what Christ did on the cross for you? God sent His only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life, eternal life. Settles the whole issue about what's going to happen when I die. If the Lord is drawn upon you, if He's speaking to your heart saying that today is the day that you need to be saved to give your life over to the Lord, would you do that? Would you, would you so give your uh, attention to the gospel of Jesus Christ? And here's the gospel. The gospel is that you and I are lawbreakers. We have... Uh, we have broken God's moral law and that we're going to stand accountable for that unless something happens. So Jesus Christ died on the cross to pay the penalty for our law, lawlessness. And so when God saves us, it is our profession of faith in Jesus Christ and His finished work on the cross that paid the penalty for our sins. It is our profession of faith in what Christ did on the cross this saves us. That, that the gospel work in our lives. So 
today, if you would put your trust in Christ and His finished work, knowing that you are a sinner, alienated from God, you're, you're separated from Him, you have no hope without Him, you put your faith in Him today and His death, burial, and resurrection, as the Bible says, the Bible says that you'd be a new creature if Christ would come live inside you through the ministry of the Holy Spirit. If that's something that you do today, you need to talk to somebody about that, I'm going to be available. And, and any of our other leaders, you could go talk to them, but I'll be available to talk to you after this service is over with and love to talk to you. And so, for all the folks that are, you're saved, take this challenge home. What are you going to do with it? Are you going to get serious about knowing your business for the Lord? Now, I'm going to pray. We're going to sing just a little bit. Uh, I'll be glad, like I say, glad to pray with somebody. I'll be here after this thing is, after we finish the service. But I just encourage you, uh, don't leave here without things unsettled. But definitely take this week to ponder on the things that we've talked about. Thank you for listening today. Pastor Greg wants to share with you how the gospel changed his life and how it can change yours too. You know, Tim, it was the gospel that saved me. I'll never forget when Ray Elder came into my life, uh, God put him there and he shared the truth of the gospel with me, that I was a sinner, that Christ died for my sins, and that if I would accept him as the Lord of my life and follow him, that he would change my life. And that's exactly what he's done. I wonder if that's something that you would like to do today, that you would today before God just admit, you know, God, I'm a sinner, I'm lost, and I need you. And God, I believe that Christ died on the cross for me, and I want to accept his payment today for, for my sins, and I want to live for him from this point forward. If you pray that prayer today, we want to welcome you into the family of God. We also want to encourage you to contact us. You'll find a link below where you can reach us. And so we look forward to hearing from you. so much that he gave his son for us. Amen. God bless you guys.